It's almost like kicking. Uh, it's to... funny, isn't it? Mm. It's right, isn't it weird? <laughs> okay. That's a sound bite in itself, mate. That's why he stopped. Right. That's a sound bite in itself. <laughs> you wait. Doing, it weird? <laughs> That's going to be a thing now, mate. I'm going to cap- caption that and make it into a little, ain't it weird? Uh, so... <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast. I am Sai, and alongside me as always is my partner in time, Mr. Benny Mack. Hey. Benny, how are we doing, Sai? Hello. I'm very well, thank you. I'm glad you said partner in time, because you missed the opportunity a few episodes ago to say that, and then you just uh, rectified yourself, and your stock has gone up in my mind now, so well done. <laughs> the thing is, though, you've gone and blown it now, yeah, because... If somebody's listened to this show for the first time with this episode, they wouldn't have known I screwed it up before until you just told them. They will, mate. Because have you not? If you, I know you've heard the first episode because it's been edited, and I know I put some outtakes in at the beginning and at the end, so you, they are going to know. Don't worry about it. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing very well, sorry. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, mate. I'm very good. Um, enjoying watching Quantum Leap back, mate. even though we're only, what, four episodes in, I guess? Well, we're going to be uh, talking episode four today, aren't we? So, yeah. Yeah, Not... yeah enjoying it, mate. Enjoy it. Very quickly, before we get any further <clears> in, <throat> um, The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast, is brought to you by the wonderful, glorious people at Radio Techers. And today's show is season one, episode four, The Right Hand of God. What were your thoughts, Benny? Uh, do you know what? I because we left the episode last week, and I was like, "Hmm, I'm not looking forward to this one." I have been proven wrong, and I, I do you know what? I enjoyed it more than I th- remembered I did. Um, so this is a good example of going back and watching it, and I'm like, "Okay, this is." I, I've actually, I actually, by the time it finished, I was like, "I enjoyed that," you know. Like, I, I mean, I'll talk about it a moment a bit later on, but like, I was like, "I, I do you know what? I enjoyed it." To be honest, I'm surprised at the amount <laughs> of enjoying it. I'm trying to get my words out, but like, because I'm kind of eating my words here. Because I said last week that I wasn't looking forward to it, and I've ended up watching it and going, "Yeah, that was good." <laughs> so I had, maybe I had yeah, low, yeah. you know, perhaps low expectations. Yeah, helped going right in... there maybe. Um, last week when you were saying about not being too keen on the idea of having to watch this episode back potentially, yeah, I, I was a bit puzzled because I remembered it in a pretty pretty good light i had pretty good memories of this episode from however many years ago it was i last saw it yeah um what i think is the good moments in this episode are what i remember yeah and there's a lot of stuff that goes on in between you've almost like got peaks of the episode uh, going up into into being very very good moments everything else in between is just kind of there i guess but the good yeah. moments are very good yeah like i said i i left um I left watching it just smiling and uh, almost like humming to the uh, theme tune at the end of the episode as well. Um, because I've not watched one since the last one, because I've not, I, what I'm trying to do is I'm watching the episodes before we record them, like, and I'm talking like hours before we record, if not within te- like the first episode, mate. I literally finished it and then came and recorded with you. So I'm trying to keep it so it's fresh in my memory. Um, yeah, you yeah. Know? I'm doing something very similar. Yeah, I mean, I want to I want to talk about last week's episode very briefly because you asked me a question about the actress. Just so I can put because I know somebody's picked up on it <laughs> more than likely um, is that the character Jamie Lee. You asked me where the actress was from because you had trouble finding where she was from. 
Um, yeah, and her voice uh, drove me mad. Didn't yeah, it? yeah, and I and I was trying to like look up during the episode because you asked me on the spot. I wasn't expecting that question, um, and I said, "Oh yeah, I think she's from South Africa." She's not. the The one I looked up was not her. And I after we went <laughs> off air, I was trying to find where she was. I, do you know? I can't. I can see some stuff that she's done, like low budget sort of films and stuff, but I can't find on IMDb, which is where you'd think the information would be at minimum. I can't find anything about her. Not really. At like it literally. This is what it says. I'll read it now. Leslie S. Sachs is an actress known for Dracula, Dead and Loving in 1995, uh, Dead and Loving it. Sorry, in 1995. Role of a Lifetime in 2002, and Quantum Leap in 1989. That is it. Now, most half the time when you go onto these this IMDb thing, you can get like a you can go further and a bit more in depth mm-hmm. with the actors, actors and act or actors. Sorry, not actresses anymore, is it? So you know, um, I'm just correcting myself there. I don't know where she's from. Basically, I'm re. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I reckon we should just go to South Africa. It's as good a place as any. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Nothing wrong with South Africa. I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure that people know that I've yeah. put it right, you know. But uh, yeah. What was the actress's name again? Sorry, Leslie. Oh God, see now you're putting me on the spot again, dude. Right. Oh mate. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie S. Sachs. Okay, Miss Sachs. Obviously, you'll be a big, big fan of the podcast if you're listening. <laughs> Feel free to tweet us at, oh, uh, at Waiting Room Pod underscore on twitter let us know where you're from do you know what if she does if she does that come on the show <laughs> it'd be amazing wouldn't <laughs> i don't it? think that'd be a good idea mate because i just spent the last the whole of the last episode <laughs> slagging her voice <laughs> okay moving on her then but do you know what somebody from quantum leap uh whether it's do you know what i don't care if it's the runner from quantum leap i want to speak to you <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you know that'd be great if, if you delivered the donuts and made the coffee i don't care i want to speak to you do you know how much what was your experience like <laughs> how the... does scott Bakula like his donut and coffee yeah. That's what we want to know. That's the pressing issues of the waiting like, room. Does he like jelly? Sorry, <clears throat> jam. We're English. We don't. We have. <laughs> I don't know why they call jelly jam over there, but there was a different podcast in itself again. But uh, yeah, I want to put just put that right, really. So I'm not home since sure where she's from. I mate, I literally spent half an hour trying to find where she was from, what else she did. Um, those are the ones I read off. Those are the ones she's known for. Um, but yeah, that she's no. She's done a lot more than just that. But uh, yeah, I couldn't find where she was from or anything. So bit of a Bermuda Triangle of an actress. There we go. That can be like our uh, our holy grail of information. We'll to <laughs> I'm sure somebody will tweet and go, she's from so-and-so, you know? So South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know uh, <laughs> I was right all along. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Oh, um, the right hand of God, Sam leaps into the 24th of October, 1974. He does uh, indeed. He, sorry? I was, no, I was agreeing with you. See, <laughs> ah, <right. laughs> so you're me, so it doesn't happen very often. Um, <laughs> Sam leaps into um, Clarence Kid Cody, who is a, I suppose, semi-low-level boxer um, who's on a bit of a winning streak, but he's also known for throwing a fight, isn't he, Benny? And he's not got a great reputation. He's a bit of a dodgy character, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, when you start the episode, you just he's literally in the ring, isn't he? And he's getting punched yes. in the face. And it's like, literally, that's a wake-up call. And what I liked about it, actually, was the... Because the last episode, he basically tried to put something right in his own life, wasn't it? By chasing his uh, future girlfriend slash fiance, trying to mm-hmm. mend that relationship. He does say in the opening prologue that surely uh, whoever's leaping me around won't be too mad. And he leaps in and literally gets punched in the face. It's almost yeah. like a wake-up call, almost. Um, so I don't know whether it's like, a, in a weird way, it's supposed to be like some sort of penance for what he's done in the last episode, maybe. You could read into that 
that well, maybe potentially because they they say don't they um when al finally turns up in this episode he says that you know we weren't looking for you in sacramento california you're supposed to be in texas in the mid 50s yeah exactly so yeah. this is like a detour they say but if you look at the next episode which we won't get into here because we're going to cover it on our next episode, of course yeah how the test was won that's they're very... in texas in the mid 50s yeah so it's almost like a and like they say it's an unscheduled stop for uh, mm. sam in this particular uh uh, episode basically but there, i mean there was something in this episode that i did not know obviously as you know i do these tropes so we'll get to we'll get ziggy fired up but i do these tropes for the actors and stuff but i didn't realize so the guy that plays the guy is what well, ironically i say that jake edwards which is the character we'll probably talk about a bit more on in a second yes. who's basically the guy that is controlling these boxers uh and telling them when to dive and he then bets on it and then you know so it's obviously it's not uh not ethical or legal for that matter I was not aware, Sai, and I don't know whether you are, this actor is played by Guy Stockwell, and I went, hmm, that's convenient, and I looked it up, yeah. it actually is um, Dean Stockwell's brother, and I was yeah, like... his older brother. His older it? brother, and I was like, I tell you what, you put the two next to each other, I wouldn't have guessed that at all, and no. I've watched that episode, uh, obviously, over the years, and obviously we're going through it now, um, so I was like quite surprised that <laughs> one is his brother <laughs> i was that was my uh real sort of uh surprise really um and he's done quite a few things here and there um did stuff like matlock and stuff back in the day and you know um in stuff like chips and stuff in the 79 so he he, he has done and I, there's a lot more here there's a lot more stuff that he has done um uh, guy stockwell but like i was just more shocked that it was Dean Stockwell's brother, to be honest. Yeah, I'll be yeah. honest with you. I found that out, I reckon, an hour ago. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same, mate, to be honest. Oh, that's, 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 that's some Twilight Zone shit, that is, isn't it? <laughs> we're both at the same time. <laughs> it's good, Very though. quickly, whilst you're looking into um, the actors and actresses and so on who are, who are on the episodes, last night, my wife finished... I mentioned, I think it was last week or potentially the week before, that yeah. it would have been last week because of Terry Hatcher being in the episode Starcrossed. Um, my wife's been rewatching Desperate Housewives. Oh, okay. Who Terry Hatcher is obviously a big, big part of. She's in pretty much every episode. She's a big star in the show, and so on. Um, at the end of Desperate Housewives, very much like literally, I think it's like season eight, which is the last one. They're all that they've killed someone and buried the bodies. It's, it's it's a crazy bloody show. It really is. Really? But <laughs> yeah, oh yes, it's insane. This program. It's, okay. You want to move on to that street? The stuff that goes on, mate. But yeah. um. One of the characters um, is basically going to court for this murder and and so on. Um, and the lawyer for this character is Scott Bakula. Oh, okay. So that was a funny one. Cause I'm, I'm in the back room doing something else. The wife's watching it in the front room. And she goes, oh, it's Sam. Which tickled me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not known as Scott Bakula. He's known as Sam. Yeah, <laughs> but... Sam, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. But then again, I've never watched the show, so it's not really my thing. Um, he's, he's in. He's in quite a few. I think he's in maybe six or seven episodes at the end of the whole thing. Like so, it's quite, oh, okay. a, quite a pleasant surprise. Considering we just spoke about Terry Hatcher being on Quantum Leap. Yeah, she's in this show, Desperate Housewives, and there and there's Sam turning up on that show as well. Another, quite quite funny, really. Another trope there. I mean, like the um the uh, what's her name, Sister Angela, who Sam, which we'll get into in a moment, but she plays one of the. Uh, nuns at the uh, mm-hmm. at the uh, church that uh, Cody's contract has been acquired by because they've the guy that owned his contract um, left some of his estate to the church. That was the general gist of that. Um, 
she's been in shows uh, like The X-Files in 2000. She was in. Uh, she's even done some stuff uh, literally this past year. Uh, I'm not him. I'm not, I don't know what that is. I'm just saying because I was just quite surprised she's still active. Um, she was in Perception. Uh, she's been in Bones as well. If you remember that show with... Um, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember his name. The dude who played Angel. In, um, Dave Boranes, is that how you say it? I have no idea. I have no idea, mate. Honestly, <laughs> somebody will correct us. I'm going to assume you're right because I have no idea. Because <laughs> I never. I'm probably it. wrong, but uh, yeah. Yeah, she was in uh, the remake of. Uh, I say remake. There was a Knight Rider. I don't know whether it was a film or like a released straight to DVD film in, or not a DVD in '98. But you know, well, DVDs were around. But um, the Knight Rider, she was in. And she's done loads of other things as well. Um, I do notice there's a bit of a pool of actors uh, that make appearances in Quantum Leap. Uh, so the guy who plays Gomez, who is the trainer of Kid Cody, was uh-huh. in stuff like MacGyver, which was Richard Dean Anderson back in the day. Yep. Richard Dean Anderson, uh, like him. In, I'm more of a fan of Stargate than anything else on that one, but there we go. Um, he's in Matlock. He was also in the A-Team. So there seems to be a pool of actors within the um, Quantum Leap sort of universe that have been in stuff like A- A-Team seems to be the one that pops up quite a lot. Um, and just one more, the father, is it Father McGugan? Uh, Maduli, right. sorry, Father Maduli, the one who spars with Cody, a.k.a. Sam, yes. um, has been in quite a few films. He was in a film, um, in, he was in Little Nicky, Adam Sandler film. Okay, yeah, I remember not. that. Um, he, he even did a voice for gamers out there. He did a voice, very, I know you're not a gamer yourself, sorry, but um, uh, Escape from Monkey Island, a, a cult classic game. He did a voice in that. He was Freddy, for those out there. He was in a wrestling film, which is probably your up your, our street more. Uh, Ready to Rumble, if you've ever seen that. He was also I've in that. Ready to Rumble, yeah. Yeah, he was in that as well. And there was I wouldn't f- advise anyone else does, but I've seen <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I, I watched it when I was younger. You know, it, It's a good, fun movie, but it's probably cheesy as uh, anything going back. And then he's done stuff like Seinfeld and Babylon 5. And so this guy, you know, uh, Louis Arquette, sorry, um, is, and he's also in Tango and Cash as well, if you remember that film. Yeah, going back yeah, I'll give you that was, was Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. Was that it? Tango and it, Cash. It was. It was indeed. Yeah. Not, again, That's probably some knowledge there, mate. Eh? Probably not one of the best films in the world, but not. I, I, I've seen worse films. Put it this way. So there yeah, we go. End definitely. of the trope. End of the tropes. There we go. I, I love it when you get into all that sort of stuff, mate. I find that really interesting. You know, the fact that you've got the patience to to look through it all and so on. I, I find where these actors and actresses have been before and afterwards i find it all really really fascinating it's well, brilliant if you look at it from a uk point of view back in the day back in what the sort of late mid, mid to late 90s there was a pool of actors that always used to appear in like casualty the bill <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah, and, and then swap between <laughs> coronation street and EastEnders back in the day so you know it's i find it like even amongst sci-fi shows you always see certain actors and actresses sorry actors turn up and um there seems to be like once you do a sci-fi thing, you're kind of that's it. You're a sci-fi person. You don't really do very rarely. Does anybody seem to go outside that sort of bubble of uh, science fiction? You know, at least it seems yeah. to me. So I'm sure we'll pick up on a few more actors and actresses in this. But um, it's all you can, when you see someone in this, you go that looks like so and so, but they look really young. <laughs> so yeah. you know, uh, so it's good. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so I mean a rough uh, a rough guide to the, the plot of the episode i guess um sam as as benny and i have mentioned uh, has leaped into clarence kid cody who everyone just calls cody throughout the episode um a boxer who has he's on, he's on a winning streak benny isn't he he's he won is, 10 yeah. matches in a row 
to basically become a contender for the the, the regional title. Um, is it the California the, the heavyweight sorry? title? Is it the California heavyweight title? I that's think that's right. Yeah, the California yeah. heavyweight title. Um, yeah, I mean Sam is not a heavyweight. Let's be honest, but that's neither you know, <laughs> here nor there. Um, we find out fairly early on that these ten episodes, uh, ten fights, sorry, that he has won to get into this contender spot have all been fixed to build him up to be on paper anyway a a big challenge to the current champion, and Sam is expected to throw the fight against the champion and, and the and the um is it Edwards the sort of yes, local yeah. mafia guy we mentioned yeah played by played by uh, guy Stockwell so Jake Edwards yeah. he's like the local sort of I wouldn't say mafia well I suppose mafia definitely a gangster more than anything he's, yeah he's like a mobster he's like a mobster. low level yeah mobster yeah sort of thing he isn't he dips, he would then obviously make a great deal of money by betting on the round that Sam was going to take a fall in yeah the underlying I suppose extra to this is that as Benny mentioned, the the the, the fighters' um, contract is is owned by a church now, left to the church by somebody who passed away, um, and they're basically going to get funding for a new a new church, a new chapel. Yeah. If Sam wins the fight, so he's in this kind of conundrum of okay, do I throw the fight and not get my kneecaps blown off by this monster? Oh yeah, I was going to say or, they, they pull him yeah. into a car, don't they, and basically threaten him. Um, they're not going to kill him, but they they would kneecap him basically. So Sam is yeah. literally stuck between a rock and a hard place, basically. Yeah. And obviously, or does he win the fight? Um, which, in its own right, is is kind of ludicrous. The fact that he's facing a heavyweight champion boxer and he's never boxed before, but he's saying, if I win the fight, then the the the, the nuns get this new church. So he's in a bit of a, <laughs> a, a between a rock and a hard place, and. Uh, for a good half of the episode, I guess, Al and Ziggy don't really offer much guidance as to what he's supposed to be doing, do they? No, he's Al just seems, I was going to say hungover, but he's not, is he? He's got a neighbour that's causing too much noise, so Al's mm. not getting any sleep and literally turns up, literally like, he looks like he's been on the drink, but he hasn't. He's just tired because he can't sleep. Um, just a quick, obviously, uh, Cody, uh, the kid, uh, um, Kid Cody, they has won the fights, as you've said, um, but he's won the last 10 bouts. He's on a winning streak, as you've said, but it turns out, or at least at least the last few fights, I would say, and I think it gets verified later in the episode, that he's basically, thanks to this low-level mobster, has basically won these last 10 fights because this guy holds the rep and the fear to basically threaten these boxers to do it or else, essentially. So... Yeah, or potentially pay them off, I or guess. Pay it's them either, off, yeah. So either way, it's either really. financial or violence, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. One, ev- everyone can be coerced by one of the two, I suppose. Yeah, two of the, yeah. So uh, I mean, literally, he's thrown into the deep end anyway when he leaps into anybody, isn't he? Let's face it. Mm-hmm. So in, in this case, he's literally met these two guys that are helping him sort of take the gloves off after the fight that he was in, and somehow won. I mean, even Sam, if I remember rightly, is like. When I hit him, I I barely touched him. He went down, and the two guys are like laughing around him, like, "Well, yeah, like." And Sam doesn't yeah, get that's it. That's what planned, yeah. Yeah, so Sam doesn't get it that it's been predetermined that he's going to win, and in that round. So when he threw that punch, which was barely anything, because again, like you said, Sam's not a boxer. Um, Sam's like, I don't understand why he went down. <laughs> I didn't hit him that hard. So um, eventually, it kind of comes true, as you've said that. Sam gets it that now I'm in a rock and a hard place. I want to help the you know Sister Angela in the church um, get their new uh, chapel, but I also don't want to be killed. So as you said, rock and a hard place, really. 
Yeah, yeah. You've got the underlying current as well of a couple of things that are happening around this time. Um, as mentioned, this is October 1974. And the news and the radio and the TV, you've got little snippets of, of what's going on around the world. Um, and one of them is reporting on the Ali um, Foreman fight from 1974 that's yeah. going to be happening the same night as Sam's fight. Um, which is some bad booking, isn't it, by their local people? <laughs> Why would well, you put it up against all that? Yeah. Well, no, well, you say that, but actually, it's in the, it, if you did that, it's in the mind of all the people. They can't get to the alley fight, so let's go and watch some locals, you know. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> so, you know, it's in, you know, in terms of advertising, yeah, I get what you mean, but, like, <laughs> it makes sense to put it on the same night, really, in a sense, because it's not anywhere near there, is it, I think? I don't know, is it? Well, I can't remember where they was, actually are. Was this, was this the oh, Rumble California. in the Jungle? Yeah, so was that held in New York, maybe? No, I think it was in Rio, mate. I think it oh, was, was it? Uh, I have no... I'm not a boxing fan, so I have no idea. Zaire or somewhere like that, wasn't it? I have no uh, idea. Let me have a look. <laughs> it is October 30th, 1974, um, in Zaire. Yeah, the there you go, well done. Well done. I'll give you an old boy for that. Oh, boy. <laughs> the marvels of Google, my friend. <laughs> <Definitely>. um, <laughs> you've got the underlying current of, of, of that stuff going on in the background as well. Um, it, I, on the whole, I really enjoyed this episode because I think you're starting now after the obvious um, early steps with Genesis, the two parts of Genesis, and yeah. then the nonsense that was Starcross last week. I think this is the first episode of Quantum Leap that really kind of shows what the show is going to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I feel like it. I mean, like I said, I enjoyed this episode a lot more than I remembered enjoying it. Um, so, you know, I'm going to be rating it fairly high this week, to be fair. But um, yeah, you feel that it's not just so much the story uh, telling aspect. Maybe, maybe it is a little bit because they've like genesis like you said in the first episode like it was it felt like there was a lot of stuff in there just to make up the time it didn't necessarily need it all yeah everything in this nothing felt out of place nothing was why are we watching this scene here um everything that was said or mentioned or shown sort of came back full circle in some way shape or form by the end of the episode um just a little nod actually you said about them mentioning the alley fight and everything they also mentioned the because obviously if you look at last week's episode as well uh, he was in what um 1972 in june mm-hmm. you know then he's gone to october 90 uh, in 1974 essentially just over 2 years later he's leaped into and the watergate trial is happening which is obviously nodded towards in the last episode as well yeah whether yeah, that kind of he was there when it sort of got exposed so to speak yeah so this is two years later and then that's obviously it only gets a brief mention if you listen carefully i can't yeah. remember if it's on the radio or tv um it might be on the radio in the limo scene but it does get mentioned very brief went, oh yeah because he was and i wondered if they purposely did that so it was almost like a full circle type thing i don't know but it was yeah a nice, no, little, it's a nice little touch isn't it little things like that I yeah guess. yeah um Basically, we, we get the situation where Sam's decided he cannot take a fall in the fight. He wants to try and win the fight. But then, obviously, he's got to try and keep this gangster happy as well. So there's a bit of a, a balancing act there. Absolutely, um, yeah. <laughs> but the first thing he realizes is, I can't box, so I need a trainer. So he tracks down his, or, or Cody's previous trainer that we saw at the very beginning of the episode. 
yeah. in a bar, sits down next to him and tries to convince him to take on <laughs> coaching him again. Now, he is very adamant, I am not coaching any more fighters. And then 30 seconds later, he's changed his mind. <laughs> well, it's more of a... I, before we go there, I, I will mention it, but like that well, that drink he was given, they gave to Cody in that bar. So oh, that proves God. that he's a local, obviously, in regular. But what, what, what do they call it? I've forgotten what they call the drink, but it was bubbling like a blimmin... TKO. TKO, thank you. It was bubbling like a blimmin... <laughs> which is cauldron or something and i was like what the hell are they put in there it must be the ice i guess and, he's, and the barman's coughing and spluttering all over it <laughs> i think and that's speaking out of the beer bottle that he's pouring into, into the drink, the drink oh, yeah gross i don't know what it is it's not like a i don't know what and i've seen stuff being made like boiler makers and stuff but this is like another another level i don't even know what it is put it this way it's it's got this dry ice effect going on with it like, i wouldn't drink it put it this way um, mm. the Gomez character you mentioned he obviously he goes in why won't you train me I'll just go into a little bit more of the story um, he says I don't he doesn't train fighters but he's also said, I don't train I don't want to train any more fighters that take dives because obviously yeah. Cody's been taking dives uh, the, the gangster comes in and basically says you know you've got to be throwing this fight I'll tell you when uh, you should listen to this guy he's really good he was one of the best fighters I ever had that took a dive basically so it turns out that uh, Gomez, who the trainer is, is also back in the day was taking dives for this, um, you know, this Edwards character as well. So there's a, I think he regrets that, um, and also as you know, Sam's convincing him to, I'm going to fight, you know, um, and let's do it basically. So I think they both, to a degree, it's almost like a redemption story, at least for the trainer and for Cody as well. To a degree, I know you just kind of, <laughs> I thought I'd go into a bit more just because. No, 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 spot on. That's, yeah, um... yeah. That's that's you know that's why we're both here, um, but it just tickled me how yeah it didn't take long to convince him it. did it but I think it was more to do with the the history that's there between him and this uh, yeah this Edwards character as well so you've got to kind of because of how the show works you are thrown into literally if you think about it if you were taken out of your house and put into somebody else's house the nuances the inside jokes and stuff you wouldn't get and you're mm-hmm. kind of like along for the ride aren't you on that one so i think that's how sam feels most of the time when he leaps and especially in this moment he doesn't know the history between these people um and then it kind of reveals itself very quickly in order to have a reason to train cody really yeah yeah definitely um he, he obviously sam then it appears he has his trainer so we go to the church or the space that the, the nuns have uh, there's a ring set up there, and he's sparring with um, an older gentleman. Uh, isn't he a, a vicar or a priest of some sort, Penny? He's a, I believe he's um, a father, isn't he? Like a priest, like you said. Right. Yeah. So yeah, Father McDooley, his yeah. name is. Yeah. The, yeah. So, he's, so he's, he's sparring, and basically, it, Sam gets knocked on his arse. Um, and we get <laughs> which the is line funny to of, be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we get the line of "You don't need a trainer; you need a miracle." Well, to which yeah. Sam sort of looks over all the nuns and smiles <laughs> and basically says, well, maybe I've got one. And then well, we get a fantastic 1980s training montage, don't we? It's not absolutely. Rocky, but it's getting that way. <laughs> well, you mentioned Rocky. Something I didn't mention uh, is very quickly a little trope. One more trope, I promise, is the referee that actually referees the main event fight is actually in Rocky 3. Uh, okay, who is he in Rocky Three? <laughs> uh, it just says opponent, so I'm guessing it's one of the ah, low-level right. opponents that he fights in sort of the montage while Rocky's because Rocky's champion at that point, isn't he? So you know, um, yeah. But I, was, I found that funny that he went from being a referee in Quantum Leap to being in a Rocky film. 
or well, actually no, Rocky yeah, probably would have been. Cool. Rocky may have been before. I don't know, but uh, I can't remember when Rocky Three came out. To be totally honest with you, uh, Rocky Three, nineteen eighty-two. So yeah, he went from being a, a boxer in another film <laughs> to being a referee in a boxing match <laughs> in yeah. Quantum Leap. So I don't know, little little trope there, but you know, something I wanted to mention basically. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's great. <laughs> um, after this little montage, we have uh, we have footage of Sam. I suppose quite literally hitting the bricks in two different ways he's out running but he's holding two bricks to sort of add the weight to his hands and so on whilst sister abigail is riding the push bike alongside him um saying to him (laughs) how many miles he's got to do at this this quite vicious looking hill they stop for a moment and have a conversation it's quite it's quite a nice moment where she kind of opens up a little bit to him and it's it's quite touching that they're talking. And then completely out of the blue, she turns around and says that her whole family died in the fire. That that sort of set me back a little bit. I was like, whoa, where'd that come from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he asked, he asked, doesn't he? He asks, like, you know, you seem really passionate about getting this uh, this new church built and stuff. You know, because she's like, isn't that obvious? Obviously, because she's a nun. It's like, no, no, there seems to be more to you than just, yes, you're a nun and want a church built, but there's you seem very passionate about it. Um, basically, after her family died, as I said, she lost her way in in life and essentially in a way got well she says she says she didn't really save my life but she saved my soul and she became by a nun basically when she was looking for somewhere to um take shelter for the night so she fell on hard times once her family had you know unfortunately it was it a fire you said perishing a fire didn't, didn't they so mm-hmm. yeah so and she was the only one who survived but it gives which of course it... is incredibly sad it's a horrific thing to happen but to me uh, again, I'm suppose I'm getting a little bit a, a little nitpicky here. <laughs> I don't think you really needed this added to the episode. There was enough well, peril going on. There was enough story yeah. there. There's there's a couple of different storylines running at the same time. It almost felt. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it it worked because of the character there and what they were doing and so on. But it almost felt like they 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 almost crowbarred in this extra detail when you didn't really need it. I guess. See, it's amazing. Like, like I said, this—that's the whole point of this podcast—is to see different people's perspectives on it. And my perspective, yours is definitely different to mine on this one. So, it's mine is more. Yes, he's got his reasons to get the money. Um, we've obviously we didn't mention her, but he, his girlfriend, uh, Kid Cody's girlfriend Dixie, they're saving to open a donut shop for their retirement. She's a dancer. He's a boxer. They want to save money. Um, so at that point, before that conversation, you've got the threat of the gangsters. Yes, you want a church built. Yes. And you want to help? You want to help, sister? Uh, forgotten her name. Sorry, um, Abigail. Was it? Thank you, sister Abigail. Uh, yes. Yeah, so sorry. No, sister Angela. Sorry, um, Angela. Sorry, Abigail. Angela. Same thing. Um, but for me, there is this conversation was kind of like, oh, this is almost like a, oh, I've been splashed in a bucket of water, ice water in my face. To this does really matter because it helped save her life when she was younger. So this church could help save you know, some homeless people and some other people in the process. So for me, it added a bit more okay. like, um, not that it didn't have it before, but I feel it sort of like, yeah, okay, money's money, you know. Um, yes, you want this for the church and that's it. There was no real sort of, for me at least, there was no real like, yeah, they want to build a church. That's it. Yeah. Um, once she told this story and how it helped her, it was like more inspiring, I guess. And it definitely inspired Sam, I think, to keep going and, keep fighting so for me it, like like i said earlier for me nothing in this really felt like it was out of place um but for me that kind of upped the ante even more for the fight 
And no, I, I suppose you're right. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a little heartless. I don't know. You're not, you're <laughs> older than me. You're a bit more cynical on the cynical on the world, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, digging at the aging again. Yeah, carry on, pal. <laughs> Went a little caca. Um, <laughs> if, if basically Sam decides uh, well between him and a few other characters they, they concoct this idea after seeing a streaker on the television at a sporting event Yeah, that um, what was the lady's name is it Dixie, Dixie his, yeah his... yeah yeah. that's, yeah, his, Dixie, that's uh, his... Kid Cody's like uh, girlfriend that he's yeah, living his, with his, his living girl he's, yeah she's a she's a stripper or dan- exotic dancer or, or whatever um very very attractive lady they decide she is going to streak in the boxing arena boxing hall however you wish to word it yeah um and distract everybody including sam's opponent with her nakedness and Uh, tiger joe jackson which is the guy he's fighting yeah so yeah (laughs) Yeah. so he's he's gonna get distracted by the sight of this naked lady running through the the hall and that's when sam's gonna fall of a better term Bang him out. <laughs> <laughs> it attempts to, doesn't he? But, so Tiger Joe Jackson, I didn't mention him actually. Uh, Roger Hewlett, uh, uh, been act, been acting for a long time. Um, uh, he was, he's, no, he's actually in the film Roadhouse, believe it or not. I didn't realise this until... Um, then he's done films like Leprechaun 3, which is, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, he's done quite a few different things. He's in Dexter back in 2006. He's made appearances in CSI. Uh, in 2003 so he's you know he's been around a lot he does look a bit of a cheesy character his opponent stood opposite sam and he's got that leather not leather sorry leopard print jacket on (laughs) over the top as if it's almost like the cheaper version of rick flair or something i don't know (laughs) what's going on with that with that jacket but there we go Uh, ultimately we we get to the fight don't we and yeah they attempt the streaker plan um everyone's distracted by this this blonde bombshell running through the audience sam gives his opponent a good old smack in the chops he goes down sam's really happy with himself and that's what al arrives to sort of say i think you just made him angry and he's like sam well sam answers well no i've knocked him out turns yeah. around and, and he's getting up at he's getting up, he looks seven. a bit uh, he looks a bit annoyed to say the least <laughs> yeah so then it's a case of right okay now sam's in a real fight here isn't he yeah um and I suppose this is an issue that cinema really struggles with. I think cinema, film, television really struggles with. I think when they, if they're doing a fight scene in any movie or TV program and so on, yeah, um, there's numerous different ways of doing it. And fight scenes are part of producing entertainment, part of producing television. Of course they are. Whenever I, especially in the eighties and nineties, whenever a TV show or a movie tries to, replicate a sporting contest on the screen they never quite get it right for me no you know it doesn't quite come across i I suppose a proper boxing match you know may not be as interesting to watch as the sort of theatrical production that you get in in rocky or, or whatever but they never really quite get it right, whether it's football or wrestling or boxing or whatever. It always just comes across a little bit not not as realistic as you would hope, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose it's got to be. There's probably health and safety issues in there somewhere as well. A bit overproduced, maybe. Is that what you're thinking? Or yeah, yeah, that's a good way of wording it, Benny. Actually, yeah. bit overproduced. I think that's a good that's a good shite. Yeah. Um. Basically, Sam ultimately goes on, and with Al's help, and this was a brilliant moment I thought with Al turning up and using the i suppose the gift <laughs> of being a hologram on this yeah. occasion 
and he shouts to Sam, hit my hand. And he's putting his hand through his opponent from behind. So Al's hand suddenly appears in front of his, his opponent's stomach and then his opponent's face. So all Sam's doing is tagging Al's hands. But in 1974, he's beaten the crap out of the bloke in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like the way they did that because obviously yeah. we didn't we didn't mention it but earlier on the episode. I was like, oh, I could be, I can train you, I can train you. He's like, punch my hand. Sam says, punch my hand, and his hand goes through Sam's hand because he's a hologram. So Sam's like, no, I gotta go find the tra- uh, the trainer, which is what we spoke about earlier. The funny bit for that for me is when Al puts his hand through the guy's head and his hands in front of his face, but through his head. Yeah. Uh, it was quite funny to see. I'm uh, yeah, you know. To be honest, yeah, all right, it's what, 1990, 1989 at this point. Um, it, it, it's obvious that it's <laughs> he's not there, but at the same time, I find it quite funny that this out this poor actor's had to stand there and write, we're going to have a hand in front of your face, but actually not really. We'll put it in after. Then you're going to get tagged in the nose, basically, from, from Scott Bakula or whoever did the punch. But um, it, I just love the fact where his hands come out of <laughs> his face. It's almost like a, I don't know, I find it funny. It did make me chuckle. Yeah. So, it is a really, it's a really funny visual, isn't yeah, it? It's quite a, so. it's not, it's not something you see every day. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only, I think only in Quantum Leap you would see something like this. I don't think you'll see that anywhere else. I could be wrong yeah. on that, but it was uh, a nice little comedic moment. Because to be fair, the episode's fairly serious, isn't it? I mean, you said about the, you know, Sister Angela talking about her family dying and the gangsters threatening Sam. It's, it's a fairly, it has its moments, but it's quite a serious episode. Um, and there's only like a handful of comedic moments in it, I think. You know, I can probably mm-hmm. name, I think there's about three of them all together. So it was, but yeah, it was a nice little visual of this <laughs> hologram's hand going through this guy's body and then in front of his face. I, I honestly, I did laugh at it when I saw it. Not because it yeah. was cheesy, but just because it was funny. I'd not, you know, yeah. I'm not, not, I'm not dissing the graphics or anything of the time, but I did find it funny, this hand in front of this guy's face, honestly. I, I, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was really, really good. Um, Sam ultimately wins the fight which is great news for you know the the church and, and everyone else involved i guess maybe not so great news for um cody's kneecaps yeah but then we get to backstage i suppose or in the dressing room where we find out that sam has taken the life savings of this young couple cody and dixie and placed a huge bet on the Ali Frazier fight that was yeah. sorry Ali Foreman fight that was mentioned earlier for Ali to win in the eighth round and he's won forty eight thousand dollars. Yeah, and I I really enjoyed this because I'm I, I if I was a time traveler I would blatantly abuse that. So yeah, much just that's why you're not a time yeah. traveler. That's why <laughs> that's why you're not one. But this this as we're talking about it, it's kind of dawned on me a little bit that we, the last episode we. Now, admittedly, he's done it for the, he's not benefited from this money himself, Sam, but he has kind of manipulated the fact of future knowledge to mm-hmm. win a bet for a church and you know to appease the gangster in you know and this young couple. So, in, in, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying morally they talked about the last in the last episode about should he be changing his future and all this kind of stuff. That was more personal. This isn't, but he's still manipulating the knowledge of time to win a bet so it is swings and roundabouts in this show um to, to a degree yeah um i mean in the process he's helped this young couple stop doing what they're doing for a living until they can open their own shop um he's helped build a church and then some and then he's also appeased the gangster so he doesn't lose any kneecaps so he's kind of helped everybody out really to a degree um, yeah, he's ticked all the boxes yeah he? but should he morally should he have 
done that bet knowing the outcome, you know, because they, they talk, they talked about it at length in the last episode about, you know, okay, yes, it was more about helping himself out, but that's still, is that using, that's still using future knowledge in that episode and also in this episode to win a bet. So I don't know whether it's morally right. I have no idea. Mm. No, I see your point. Yeah, to a degree. I think it's a case of, uh, and we'll notice this as well, I think, the more episodes we go through and the more episodes we discuss together, Benny, uh, I think that the rules for time travel, if there are such a thing, um, uh, and the rules for the show, they kind of get quite blurry uh, depending upon the circumstances that the story requires them, which on one hand can be frustrating because you're kind of rewriting your own your own show your own tv show your own yeah, rules and evol- so on. evolving it as you go type thing yeah but on the other side of the coin it's a case of needs must sometimes to provide a, a level of entertainment that, that we enjoy i guess well there's a fine line isn't there between doing something that's necessary for the right reasons and then you know at what level do you go to to do the right thing you know <laughs> mm. what level does it become yes you did this for this person but you've done this that costs, I mean, betting obviously one thing, but a local better, a local bookie lost some money <laughs> on this particular occasion. But yeah, at what level does it become? You, was it, what's the saying? Two wrongs don't make a right, you know? So mm. I'll tell you, that's a really good point. You know, there's a bookie somewhere who's 48 grand out because <laughs> Sam, you know, <laughs> I mean, that guy, that guy might go out of business. He might not be able to afford his mortgage. You know, <laughs> I don't. Well, the character that uh, I think is—is is it Roscoe? His name or something like that? I've yeah. forgotten his name. Um, uh, I—he he seems a bit of a shady character, anyway. To be totally honest, so I don't feel overly sorry for him. It was just more the nah. using your future knowledge to do that. Is that morally right? I don't know. But you know, again, yeah. it, in the time travel rules that we've learned so far in the episodes is you can't do anything to benefit yourself. So it, technically, he didn't break the rules. I'm just saying he did use future knowledge to influence the past, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of yeah, what exactly. he's doing anyway throughout the show, isn't he really? You know, trying to save these people to a degree. Sometimes he does pull these tactics out the back of his hat to um, make them see or you know, correct yeah. the wrong, basically. I mean, also the, the the sort of financial sums that they discuss at the very end of the episode. I, I, obviously, it's 1974. Money is worth a different amount now than it was then and Absolutely. so on. Yeah. But he's turning around and saying, we've got 20 grand to start our donut shop. Okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's an expensive donut shop or if that's a cheap going donut shop. I don't know. He says we've got eight grand to give to the mobster. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if a gangster's willing to kneecap you over eight grand, that's quite severe. But whatever. And he's got we've got twenty grand to build a whole new church. I don't, so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I know. I'm guessing I, this isn't going to be a big church. Yeah, I don't know what the initial bet was, obviously, but I know the thousand dollars given to Sam's character by the. Uh, uh, by the gangster to throw the fight he then takes that thousand bucks to then put it into the bet for ali so he wins eight grand out of that mm. so uh, maybe i don't know maybe they're going to open a donut trailer first <laughs> but in terms of building a church <laughs> maybe maybe that i don't know i i don't know actually because like you said the way they discussed it it was 20 for the church 20 for them and eight for the gangster from the grand that sam took to mm-hmm. bet on the fight so 
unless we go back and find or if we can find somebody that knows the amounts of uh, materials were back in the Cal- was it California somewhere? I've forgotten where they were. Yeah. Um, back in the 70s. I'll get a discount anyway because they're discount. all nuns, isn't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. That could be right. We'll, yeah, we'll go with that. They got a discount because they're nuns. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and, and that basically is the end of the episode, isn't it? Sam uh, sort of has a little moment with Sister Angela and then off he pops, leaps out and uh, there we go. Um, it's quite an awkward moment as well because they're kind of holding hands and Sam kind of jigs his hands back and forth and like yeah this is awkward now and then he leaps out so yeah <laughs> so um whether that was the original leap out as well because if you noticed um you'll go back and watch this now i know you will but like they're doing that and they kind of shift the screen towards sam which means they didn't film it that way they've actually shifted the screen so they can do the leap out effect for sam yeah basically yeah i remember that yeah so it sort of goes across and zooms in a little bit on yeah him, yeah it? so they haven't used so whether that was the original leap out i don't know um, just before we give our scores, I want to mention the actress that played Dixie, his girlfriend. To mm-hmm. me, I don't know whether it's uh, she's gone on and done loads of other stuff, but like to me, there you could almost for me, she almost looks like a Marilyn Monroe type. She could play Marilyn Monroe, I think. She's not the exact okay, yeah, body, that, du- yeah. body double, but I think or that the, the uh, whether it's the hair, maybe the way the hair is, um, the way she looks. I thought she could be like a. <laughs> like a Marilyn Monroe impersonator or something at the time. I, I could see that, yeah. I yeah. could see that. I mean, not an exact sort of double, I guess, but no, I yeah. could see the similarities there, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, what, well, before we get to rating out of five, I suppose we need to have a little look at some good points and bad points for the episode. Um, Benny, have you got a, a caca moment for us this week? I don't think I have, really. I mean, the only caca moment for me in a sense of. Not in it, not in it, like an inconsistency or anything. But like that drink, that TKO drink is like, what <laughs> the hell is that, man? It's like, like I said, it's like bubbling like a witch's cauldron. With, I'm guessing it's dry ice in the glass. Um, but like, even Sam's reaction to it is, you know, it, I'm not saying not his his reaction's good, but the drink is like, what the hell is that? I don't even know what they mixed in with it. So, I think again, not so much at the show, but the drink is like. We could have done without that, maybe. So that would be mine. Went a little caca. Yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, my caca moment this week is Al sleeping on the floor. Um, it's just bloody silly. It's just you know, I understand that he's got this guy revving his car engine <laughs> all through the night, and he can't. He's not getting sleep during the night back in the future. But to be in the in the imaging chamber talking to Sam and decides literally at that moment he's that tired he has to lie down on the floor and go to sleep. Something it's co- just silly. Yeah, yeah. And also, just to pile onto that a little bit, that's your caca. Went a little caca. Did you see the hand link in this episode? Yes, yes. The, the, the actual hand link that I suppose is more familiar and it's part of the brilliant logos and so on that you've put together for the show, Benny. That doesn't come until a bit later on, does it? No, no. But I mean, at all, I mean, we have seen him use a hand link, but what I'm saying is, did you see Al use it in this episode? Because I didn't. Yes. Yes, I did. You did see it. Where, where does he use it then? Because yeah. I missed that. Um, I think they're in the training area with the nuns and he goes over to the side at some stage and he's almost shadow boxing oh when he's working on his t- oh okay i must have missed that then because i don't remember seeing it so i'm gonna have to watch that back because i was because thought- i know he came through like you said he didn't he must have had it in his pocket i guess but he falls asleep on the floor and all this kind of stuff but like i don't remember seeing the hand link 
but I must have looked down and looked back up and it was gone. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was. It wasn't in it a lot, but yeah, it's the sort of silver one with a couple of red lights on. Looks a little bit like a, a sort of upmarket calculator, I suppose. Have you got your? Uh, have you got an oh boy moment? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's just simply got to be Sam winning the boxing match with Al's yeah. hand coming through the guy's head. Yeah, that's that funny. That's, it was brilliant. I enjoyed that. Oh boy, <laughs> that was good. Actually, I agree. Um, see, mine weirdly is uh, it's still related to the boxing side of it, but it's um, there's a couple actually. I'll, I'll mention two, but um, the one where he's trying to use the bag, the speed bag, for the first time. It's absolutely hilarious. You can't do it. Um, and then just being knocked out by the priest, I found hilarious. And then just because of he's boxing this priest, and this priest is giving as good as, you know, Sam's tucking up and everything. But I just think it's funny It because it's not so much because Sam's getting knocked on his ass, but just the combination of like that old man <laughs> knocking him out and he's yeah. supposed to be a boxer and then being that <laughs> that bucket of water being thrown over him and then spitting out the water and it's coming through the gum shield like a little um, sprinkler. I just found that funny, to be honest. So, I mean, the, the Sister Angela's conversation got very dark very quickly, but it, again, was a good moment in a sense. So I've probably thrown you about three there, really. But um, yeah, those are, those are kind of mine, I guess. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Um, so then, rating out of five for this episode, Benny, what are you thinking? Uh, to be honest, I'm going to go with a solid four, to be fair. Okay. A solid four. Um, I, I don't want to give a five out away, straight away in the first season. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure there's an episode coming up that will have a five, I think. But um, yeah, a solid four. And the fact that I... When I when we left last week, I was in my head. I was going to be like, "Nah, I'm not going to enjoy this one." Um, the fact that I have enjoyed it, obviously, I've misremembered, or because I'm older, I appreciate it more. I don't know, but um, a solid four, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm in a similar ballpark. I think mine's more like a, a sort of three and a half. I guess if I gave Starcross last week a two, I believe this is much better than that much episode. Better, yeah. But then knowing what we have coming up with some of the absolute brilliant episodes that the show produces i can't go much higher than a three and a half i guess so but again it's not a bad show it it was very good i enjoyed it all the way through it wasn't spectacular but it was a good solid episode it was, it was a good solid I was, I was entertained all the way through yeah and like I, I was as well and the uh the the smile that the uh, girlfriend gives uh sam at the end when they win their money and stuff like that and they're happy and it's just a nice uh, feeling at the end of the episode really that he's and it's all it what felt like it started off a bit of, like a punishment for sam mm. when he leaked in because of what happened in the previous episode um it's almost like a sort of right you've proven yourself to me that you can do the right thing a bit unorthodox but you did do the right thing <laughs> in a sense of yeah. how helping everybody so i don't know I suppose gambling doesn't hurt anybody, I suppose, <laughs> apart from the bookie in this case. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the episode, like I said. And like I said, I was not, I'm not that I was dreading this episode, but I, in my head, it wasn't as good as I remember. Uh, I thought it was like probably a two, maybe, maybe a 2.5. So yeah, like I said, a solid four, enjoyed it. I quite happily watched. I think that's actually moved up to one of my favorite episodes now, which it never oh, was really? before. Okay. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be wrong on that one. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Um, our next episode is How the Tess Was Won. Um, 
obviously about giving too much away. Benny, what are your initial thoughts with regards to looking forward to next week? A bit like this episode when I before we sat down and watched it. Um, obviously, I watched the episode we just uh, talked about uh, earlier, and then uh, the the little cliffhanger we get is Sam stood in a pig pen holding a pig. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what the hell's going on? Um, if I remember, I don't remember. I remember he's on a farm, and it's basically a young woman who is meant to be taking. It's a bit of because uh, it's fifty six, isn't it? So. It's very this uh, young girl's going to be taken over the ranch at some point, but because it's a male dominated era and where they are, I suppose, in the profession they are, the father feels like she can't do it without a husband, which is a bit short sighted. But there we go. It is 56. Um, so I remember it being, I just remember it being a not that good. But I can't remember what it was that when I look at it on the list of things, I go, oh, I'll skip that one. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those ones yeah. that I skip. So again, maybe I'm wrong, like I was with Right Hand of God. Hopefully, I am, because it's a pleasant surprise when I'm wrong, and I enjoyed the episode. So, but there's nothing in there that I remember fully that put me off. But like I said, it's one that, um, like I said, if I had the list in front of me of episodes, I would handpick the ones I wanted to watch, and this wouldn't be on it. So it's going to be interesting to yeah. watch back. Yeah, I'm feeling kind of the same. Um, obviously, it's Quantum Leap, so I'm I'm going to watch it, and I will <laughs> yeah. probably get some enjoyment out of it just because I love the show so much but it's not one I'm massively looking forward to but at the same time I can't remember masses about it because it's been many years so perhaps it will surprise me um I'm, I'm not a fan of the leaps where it's a case of almost Sam has to make somebody fall in love and all that sort of stuff yeah. that's not something that I'm a huge fan of, but we'll see. We'll, well see the, next the episode week, description I've got in front of me says Sam finds himself as a veterinarian who's who has to compete as a cow. I'm sorry, has to compete as a cowboy to win the heart of a cowgirl heiress. Basically, so that's the, what I remember from it, you know. And I've just mm. read that now. Just I wondered if it would give me any little hints to what I'm why I didn't like it, but I think it's just I don't know. There's something about it that, like I said, list in front of me, it wouldn't be on my list, but maybe we'll, maybe it will change that next week. <laughs> I don't know. I'm quietly optimistic, mate, with how this episode surpassed my expectations. I'm quietly optimistic about next week. So, yeah, I don't I don't blame you to be honest. I like I said, you know, we're talking about it before we go into it, sort of because we haven't watched it yet. Um, I don't think I'm going to be scoring it overly high, but then I said that about this one. <laughs> so, you know, pleasant, <laughs> hopefully we'll be pleasantly surprised. So, you know. Yeah, there we go, mate. There we go. Okay. Um, all we have left to do now, I suppose, on today's episode of The Waiting Room is to run through where you can find us online. Uh, Benny, do you want to give your, your personal socials out and the waiting room socials that that you have mate yeah yeah well you follow myself at benny mac b-e-triple-m-y-m-a-c-k on twitter uh facebook you can find the waiting room pod on facebook and on insta it's the waiting the waiting room pod underscore yeah it is indeed uh you can find me my personal account at sjp words uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Waiting Room Pod underscore. Chuck us a follow. Let us know what you think about about what we're doing, about the episodes we're watching back. Let us know if you're following along as well, um, watching the episodes with Benny and I. And uh, just let us know your thoughts, memories, and so on of this this kind of niche, cult, crazy little time travel show that Benny and I love so much. Yeah, and give, um, it, give it a rating as well for the episodes. If you're watching along with us, give the episodes a rating, see what you think. Maybe we missed yeah. something that you liked, maybe. 
Exactly, exactly. Um, and join us next time on The Waiting Room for how the test was won. Benny, I'll, uh, I'll speak to you again soon, my friend. Yeah, time to leap out, bud. Coming up next time on The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast. Was Terry Funk in Roadhouse as well? Yeah, he was in he was in Roadhouse as well. I'm not a Swayze fan, fan, to be honest, so I wouldn't have watched the film. <laughs> I'm t- not. No, my, my wife's a huge Patrick Swayze fan. Yeah, so you're you're a big but, fan of Dirty Dancing. Don't give me but that. I'm a- <laughs>